We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's After Dark. Danny Morang here. Uh, Tuesday night following a... Not a, a. The 10th Portland Trailblazers win in 14 games. They get their 10th win before Thanksgiving, which if you told me you saw that coming, I'm going to call you a liar or a psychopath. But, man, what a start to the season. What an absolute start to the season. Again, welcome in. Jack Ramsey's After Dark. Danny Morang here. Um... Like, rate, review, subscribe. You have to deal with my my scratchy voice tonight. I, that's a, it's about cooked at the end of the day. Um, but again, like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. Uh, if you're watching here uh, live on uh, YouTube, please click subscribe. If you're watching on the replay, please click subscribe. Uh, to help us grow the show. Let's kind of get into tonight's game. The Blazers win one seventeen one ten. That does not tell a story of the game. Not in any way, shape, matter, or form. Um, let's kind of go through the the process of the game. No defense was being played in the first quarter. Um, general story, Spurs got out to a, what, 14-4, 14-3 run um, right out of the gate. And the Blazers did not. It's that first game back after the road trip. And it's a six-game trip, six games in nine days. Guys got a little comfy at home. They got one practice under their belt. Probably a little too comfortable. It's the Spurs. They're coming off a back-to-back. It's about kind of what you expected, I think, to an extent. But they kind of nipped that in the bud. They woke up. They got down, I think, as much as 18-4, if I remember correctly, in the first quarter. And crazily enough, the Blazers finished the first quarter leading 30-29. And that was because Shaden Chart and Jeremy Grant couldn't miss. Uh... Jeremy Grant comes out, first play of the game. They run the LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge Memorial post-up play. For anybody who watched the Blazers during that era, that was the same little cross-post action, uh, the little 24 punch that uh, Terry used to run for LaMarcus to start every game for basically five years. Um, gets Jeremy Sohan on the block, which I thought it was interesting that they went after Sohan uh, so much. I know he's a rookie, but he's like 6'8", super strong, super bouncy, super athletic. Tries very hard. Uh, his box score tonight is not going to tell the whole story of, of him. Like he was just kind of everywhere. He's kind of a amalgamation of 
Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant put together. Um, a friend of mine who does some scouting stuff calls uh, Jeremy Sohan Rage Virus Jeremy Grant. I, I think he's going to be really good in the long term. Um, but it just I thought it was a little interesting that they went to that action right away, and they actually continued to try to post up Jeremy to start the game. And I'm glad they did because nobody could hit a bleeping shot. Nobody. Uh, Nurk played four minutes of the first quarter. Um, he was a train wreck. Just, I mean, there's no, listen, if you're a Bosnian fan, if you're a Nurk fan, skip this episode. I'm just telling you right now, I'm not going to say a nice thing about him. He was a disaster. He was, listen, here's where I'll preface this. He's coming back off injury and he's not ramped up. He's clearly not ready. He played four minutes and he was a minus 12. I mean, he just got, he made Jakob Pertl look like Victor Wembanyama, Like, just flying to the rim. And I don't know what to say about that. Other than he's not healthy or he just wasn't ready. Either way, not great. Not great. That's that's the extent of my Nurk slander tonight. He was he was just very bad. There was no there was one time we got back to back post ups got physical, but other than that, that was the there was zero redemptive quality for Nurk tonight. It was one of his roughest games I've seen from him in a very 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 long time. But on the flip side, if you want to say that as bad as Nurk was, that was as good as Shaden Sharp was. That was the best single shift from Shaden Sharp we have gotten this, this so far. I know he had the 17 points in the game, 7 of 10. Shaden Sharp gave you a little bit of everything. He got a drive, finished at the rim, what probably should have been an and one, finished through traffic, uh, gets the catch-and-shoot three. Uh, before that, he gets to, uh, loose from the – attacking from the right corner, gets back above the break, little two-step drive into the paint, stop, pull-up, lean, fade. Oh, hello, Brandon Roy. How are you doing? Absolute cash pull-up from the elbow that made me go – Okay, a lot of juice in that. Okay, let's work with that. So Grant and Sharp are cooking, absolutely cooking. Uh, Nurk hasn't hit anything. Ant continues to struggle in his first shift. Um, Not great. Hart was not great. Dame got looks I think that he's happy with. He's 2 of 5. But the Blazers have 11-21 in the the quarter, Uh, largely because Grant carried him the first half of the quarter you better sharp came in four minutes in basically when Nurk came out and closed out the first quarter and those two guys uh get you 19 in the quarter they account for two-thirds of your points and I think that was kind of like oh, okay they're 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 gonna be okay I can it's they're, they're in a they're in an okay spot right so uh you get to the second quarter and again a lot of the same uh, the Spurs are getting into the paint, kind of getting whatever they want. The one thing I will credit the Blazers with is in the first half, they took really, really good care of the ball. Really good care of the ball. Four turnovers. Quattro. Ichi Nissan Chi. Chi's four in Japanese. I remember. Um, but second quarter, again, a little bit of a rough start, and then. You figure some things out, and then then it starts looking a little bit better. Uh, Jeremy Grant continues. He's 3 of 5 in the quarter, plus 14 in the quarter. Um, Josh Hart gets going. Dame gets going. Uh, Eubanks gets out there. He starts doing things. Sharp continues. He gets a couple buckets, or he gets a bucket in there. Uh, Anthony Simons got going. Uh, got 8 points in the quarter, 3 of 6 in the field, 2 of 2 from 3. And you started to see the offense kind of come to life slow. The defense started to make a little bit more sense because – 
the Spurs got whatever they wanted in the first quarter. In the second quarter, they had to the, – the buffet, they closed like one – like like when you have the buffet line, you've got like five different stations with like five or six things at each station. They closed one station down. The buffet was still there. Don't get me wrong. The buffet was still there. But, but, they took away some things, okay? Which, again, promising. Uh, Devin Vassell was yeah, four or six in the quarter. He was the one guy who kept eating. Um, in the post game, Chauncey said that at halftime, he's, he looked around the room and was like, who's going to take him? Like, who's going to slow him down? And uh, I thought this was really interesting. and Because uh, Vassell had 16 in the first half. Six of 12, four of seven from three. And Dame, uh, Chauncey said Dame stepped up. Dame was good defensively tonight. Like he took on a lot of t- a lot of defensive, uh, not pressure, but a defensive load. Now he talked about it in post game. I'll post him in the video a little bit later. Uh, I thought it was really interesting. I asked him um, with guys like Jeremy and Ant carrying so much of the offense burden that you trust, and that's that's the key word that he trusts. Do you feel like you can now safely give more effort defensively? Because I've talked about this in the past. Whether you want to believe this or not, or you think this is how things should be, guys like Dame, and to an extent Trey Young, Trey's never been a good defender where Dame has at least been passable at times. But if you're not, hell, Luca. Luca's another guy who, just like being big, he's allowed to be better than some guys. But when your offensive load is so high, 30 plus percent, and they rely on you to create so much because no, only you know one other guy can dribble, pass, and shoot, and you're better than that guy. When they rely on you so much offensively, night in, night out, to do so much, not only to score, but to set the table and make it easier for somebody else, it is hard to play defense. Like I, I didn't really buy into this when I first started covering the league was, you know, ten plus years ago. But just in talking to guys, it's a real thing. Like and it's it's and Dame has talked and again, when I asked him, he answered with, Yeah. Yeah, no, I trust those guys, so I don't have to go hunt. You know, don't get me wrong. Some nights I can still go give you 45, 50, but I don't go out there like, okay, I need to do this, this, and this offensively. That's not how it's working right now. I trust these guys. So defensively, he's giving you more. So Chauncey asks, you know, who's going to take this guy? And Dame says, I'm going to. Well, for the record, uh, Vassell got 14 in the second half, 4 of 11, 2 of 7 from 3. Still a very, very good game uh, overall. Um but we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, that's 
he finishes. Uh, I'm sorry, he, he that was I'm clicking on the wrong button. Uh, his second half numbers are looking at uh, Kelton Johnson's. I'm sorry, uh, finishes with five in the second half. My little thing got sideways there. Um, but he took on that task and but he delivered. Like you can say that, well, you know, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I'm going to take it as a win for Dame. Okay. <clears throat> so the Blazers are up, what, six, I think, at a half? Yeah, six. And then the third quarter happens. And holy shit, I don't know what happened. I got nothing for you. You can give the Spurs some credit. You can say the Blazers got sloppy. I don't think that underscores just how stupid that quarter was. There's one thing when you're missing passes, like, oh, I thought you'd be here. And, you know, we were a little off our, our timing. You're running some sets. You're getting disrupted. All those kind of things. They were sending passes into the stands. Like, there's one play where Dame drove top of the key, right to left, split, got down to the baseline, wrapped it around like he was trying to throw a wrapped pass to the, to the opposite corner. I believe Shaden was on the floor then. And I don't know if he expected Shaden to rise with him to the corner. Like when the driver goes, you sink down into the corner with him. Um, Cause Shaden was still uh, about the wing. Marcus Lake says, yeah, Benny Hill thing. Yeah, no, it's hundred percent. I, I said on Twitter, that it's full on yakety sacks. Yeah, no, it was bad. It was super, super bad. Uh, the passing was awful and everybody took turns. Jeremy just sent one just into the stratosphere. I mean, it was gone. Absolutely gone. And Ant did one. Dame did one. I'm like, does anybody else want to get in here? Eubanks sent one. Nas sent one literally into the stands. And like I don't I don't know what you do with that. Like I don't know how you there were there I was either there's two passes that like skied out of bounds. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was Nas's that he he whipped across. It might have been Ants, but it went into the stands and uh, Chauncey was sitting there basically right in front of Calabro and Heard, and he had his hand like standing up with you know he kind of stands up and leans up against the the table right there, and he took his hands and just kind of put them on the back of his head like this. You know this doesn't work great on the right on the podcast side of thing, but it kind of crossed his fingers behind his head and. Spun around, looked up at this guy like, holy shit. Like, he'd, he'd already called his timeout. He'd already called his timeout at that point in time. Like, I can't call another timeout because these guys can't pass the ball. But the insanity of this all, <laughs> the insanity of this all is that the Blazers in the quarter, of the, I mean, complete shit show, up four. Up four. Because the Blazers shot 9 of 14, 4 of 6 from 3, 9 of 12 in the free throw line. Like, they were still productive, like, obscenely productive. They had 6 assists in the quarter, and they had 6 assists and 8 turnovers. This is a quarter, like, they scored 31 points with with 8 turnovers in the quarter. That's nuts. Nuts. And then the fourth quarter comes, and it is a comedy of errors. So you had 29-30 in the first quarter, 32-27 in the second, 31-33 in the third, and the fourth, somebody just slammed the brakes on the offense, both execution-wise and ability to convert. It was just bad. Just, it was not good. Um... The Blazers did take care of the turnovers. It was three for Portland, four for San Antonio. 
But what ends up happening is Jakob Pertl just kind of gets going. The, the, the Spurs take the lead. And you're going, ah, they're finally going to have that game, aren't they? They're going to have that game where they just, they're going to let go of the rope. I've, I've been a fan of saying they just don't let go of the rope. It looked like they were letting go for a while. And uh, they ran Nurk for a few minutes to start the four, three minutes. And then it was <laughs> hook, hook. And they went back to Drew Eubanks. And again, this is another shift where Nurk's out there for three minutes and it's a minus four. Like, he was just a, a non-factor. Like, I can't even say, not that he was a non-factor. He was a negative. He was a bad player tonight. He he hurt them. But Drew Eubanks to the rescue, man. Drew Eubanks was a plus 28 in a game the Blazers won by seven. He finished with nine points and seven rebounds. But he hustled, he grinded, he worked his ass off, and he just did what he could against Jakob Pertl. Listen, if the if the Sun or Suns if the Spurs had hit a couple of shots in the fourth quarter, I mean they were 0 for six from three. That's that really the difference in this game. The Spurs were eight of twenty from from the field. The Blazers were nine of twenty. The Blazers hit three of nine threes. They were able to kind of get past that. But what the Blazers did was basically in the final five minutes, they clamped down and the Spurs scored four points. Defensively, they clamped down. So they continued to suck for the basically eight minutes in the fourth, trading baskets, getting to the point where they fell behind. And then here comes Anthony Simons, who we'll talk about this probably later this week. Ant continues to have very bad first halves and tremendous second halves. He's one of the best second half players in the league right now. I think he's like 12th in scoring in the second half. Um, Desmond Bain is the best second half player in the league right now. My God. Um, but Dane was 2 of 7. He struggled. He's 1 of 5 from 3, but he did have 3 assists. So he's setting the table. Eubanks is 2 of 2. Like Nobody's like really doing anything except for Ant. Ant played the entire fourth quarter. Gives you 10 points. Gives you a couple rebounds. Got the Blazers into a couple different looks. Got guys some good looks. And I think that's a really interesting story about this year is that there's somebody different basically every night. It doesn't always have to be Damian Lillard. In fact, outside of the first week, it's been somebody different other than Damian Lillard, which fantastic. Um, box score numbers tonight, just kind of diving down into them again. You get 29 from Grant, you get 23 from Ant, you get 22 from Dame, and you get 13 from Shaden Sharp. But I think number one, Number one, shout out to Jeremy Grant for for being bigger on the rebound or being bigger on the boards than he historically gets credit for. Uh, finished tonight with eight rebounds and he's six of eight from three. He's basically shooting fifty percent from three on the season. There's gonna be some regression there at some point in time, just not tonight. So I I would imagine one of the Blazers' losses is gonna come up where we're gonna get it like an zero for eight Jeremy Grant night and everybody's like, oh my god, no. Talk to him post game. Uh, about his shooting, about the no-dip three. It's something he's been working on for years, but he's only felt more comfortably comfortable recently in shooting like that. He started working with his shooting coach, John, John Townsend, um, on this new shot in Philadelphia in his last year there. It's taken him that long to kind of develop and hone that shot in. If you ever want to, like, know what it truly takes for a guy to break a shot down and build it back up, and the confidence, the strength, the reps, and everything. Basically five years. It's a lot of work. 
uh, for all of the, oh, that guy can fix his shot when he gets into the NBA. It almost never works. So, um, but Jeremy Grant was the, was the star tonight. Ant and Dame were the supporting actors. Um, but your your special guest appearance goes to Drew Eubanks, who played 33 minutes, four or five from the field, seven rebounds, nine points, three fouls that, you know, he makes you earn it. He's a red ass. He just kind of – he just competes his ass off, and Chauncey could not stop talking about him. You know, um, let me pull up the exact quote because I want to make sure I get everything in here that Chauncey – kind of congratulated him for, uh, not only in tonight's game, but just in general. Chauncey, I think he has a bit of a soft spot for Eubanks just because of the way that he goes about things. He's been so proud of Drew. He gives us toughness, that competitive fight. He's up at the level. He's trapping. He's getting offensive rebound. He's huge for us. And what has been said about this team so much has been Everybody's working hard. Everybody's giving the effort. The, everybody's buying in. I think that's true of just about everybody. And Eubanks is one of those guys for sure. It may not show up in the box score partly because he's not skilled enough, partly because he's not big enough. But he's you're never you're never gonna like the, I always say this about Josh Hart. You're never gonna feel like you got cheapened by their effort. Drew Eubanks is never gonna leave you feeling like you you you. You were cheapened by his effort. Josh Hart is never going to leave you feeling that way, and that's it's 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 not a in, entirely rare quality in the NBA, but it's not common either. Like I everyone's talk about, oh, it should be the bare minimum. Listen, man, there's plenty of guys in the league that will not give you effort like those guys do. They they are uncommon, um, and I think they know it. That's why they stay in the league. Because, not, not just with Josh, but just and Drew. Like he's just that dude. He's tough. He's tough as nails. Um, he bailed their asses out tonight, legitimately. Even though his box score doesn't say otherwise, because Pirtle had what did he finished with. He had a career high. It was I think it was thirty one. Did, did he get any more after that? No, he finished with thirty one, fourteen, and five. Which Jesus Christ! <laughs> I mean, he was cooking fourteen of seventeen. It just runners down the lane, step through, up, over, and under. Just a clinic in finishing. Um, for reference, uh, I looked this up. Jakob Pertl is finishing 77% of his shots uh, in the restricted area. Yusuf Nurkic is finishing 54% of his shots inside the restricted area. Uh, DeAndre Ayton leads the league in uh, field goal percentage inside the restricted area at 84%, or for a reference point, 30% greater than Yusuf Nurkic. Yikes. Uh, Pirtle's a handful. Absolute handful. Great shot blocker. Uh, very, very good finisher around the rim. Solid rebounder. Solid screen setter. Just a good player. Uh, they didn't have an answer for him tonight. So they had to hope that they could slow somebody else down. They stopped, they stopped or didn't stop. They slowed Vassell down in the second half. Keldon Johnson didn't take enough shots because I didn't think they had an answer for him tonight. He was tremendous. Just a quiet 20 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. And I looked up and I was like, how has he been that good tonight? He got his, picked up his first foul in the fourth quarter with like four minutes to go. And I was like, how is he that good of a defender and that active and that involved? And just, that's his first foul. And you'd feel like, yeah, that's his first foul. He's just that good. Um, this Spurs team, like, they're going to suck. Don't get it don't get it twisted. But they play hard. They're very well coached. 
and when Wembenyama's in San Antonio next year, it's going to be terrifying. Sohan, Wembenyama, Kelton Johnson is, and, and Vassell is a hell of a core. They just really need a real point guard. Like, I like Trey Jones as a backup, but uh, they get a real table setter for that team, and that's terrifying for the next decade, it, and then some. Um, but let's talk about the Blazers. Uh, to, <clears throat> tonight, they spent less time leading overall throughout the game than the Spurs. It's is a very, very weird game. But they didn't let go of the rope. They had other guys step up outside of Dame. Shaden Sharp continues to give you close to one shift a night that makes your eyes bulge out of your skull going, that kid's 19. I don't believe it. He's so casual in his effectiveness that it's very hard to believe. Uh, They... They struggled with effort in the first quarter, which I would be willing to bet Chauncey shoots masses over. He did talk about how at halftime, a couple times this season, he's had to call out a couple guys with like, with not just effort, but more uh, showing video and going, you bleep this up. Like, I, I need you to be on the page. And he's not doing it to embarrass guys. He's doing it because he's just calling out who screwed up that night. And guys have not liked it, but they put up with it and they respect it because it's it's fair for everybody. And Chauncey talked about this in pregame. They, uh, I think one of the Spurs beat reporters or Spurs media guys uh, asked Chauncey if there was anything that he has taken from Pop as a coach. And he said, it's from Pop, but also from my old head coach and one of Pop's best friends and Larry Brown and that coach everybody the same. Matt, you could see that kind of coming through from Chauncey. Uh, when he was talking about how he handles stuff at halftime, he's not a big yeller. He's not a big motivational guy. He's more of a just. He said, "I like to put it. I put an address on it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put a name on it. I'm not going to go when two guys are making mistakes. I'm not going to say, hey, we all have to be better.' He's not. He's not a collective guy. And I don't know if there's a right or a wrong way to go about that. Some guys respond better to not being the pat on the back guys. But I think there was a. Conscious decision for Chauncey and Joe to bring in guys that can be coached that way. And so I think that's a, a very interesting dynamic that's at play and how well that's going to work out. I've seen some people asking about like what, what the Blazers' defense was tonight. So the Blazers opened up in their standard zone, and they were, uh, with Nurk, um, very broken. And that's kind of one of the things I want to talk about here. They were very broken with their zone early on. Uh, I don't know if that was what they were supposed to be doing, but Nurk was in the first, I think it was third or fourth, maybe fifth possession. Uh, Pirtle got absolutely butt naked, wide open in the paint. Like, I could have made the entry pass, or I could have made the pass to him on the run. Like, it was that bad. Um, Nurk decided he was going to step out and trap at, like, 22 feet. I think it was on uh, Trey Jones, who's a non-shooter in general, which again, makes zero sense to get a guy who's a great passer to, you know, hey, force him to give up the ball to the wide open big man rumbling down the lane. Um, that happened, I want to say, two or three times in the first quarter. And a Nurk shift ended very quickly. I was like, ah, there's the quick hook. Um, so beyond, because he played 346 in the first quarter. Beyond his um, clearly looking slow, the decision-making either – Everybody else but him screwed up or he screwed up. That was how bad it looked. Um, they were not on the same page. 
the Blazers did do, they did progress back up. They went, the, the Spurs in the third quarter solved the Blazers zone a little bit. And they kind of, they went back to man to man. And I believe it was about halfway through the third quarter or late into the third quarter, they switched back to their zone, but they went to a zone switch because they weren't switching with uh, Nurk or Drew. And then with Drew out there, they started switching, which did cause some confusion for the Spurs leading into the fourth quarter. They never really solved that. And I think that was a good call by Chauncey to kind of figure that out because between the disruption of the Blazers' inability to contain and pass the ball themselves, they also got in the fourth quarter and they but they battened down the hatches defensively. 21 points in the fourth quarter for the Spurs. Part of that was the Spurs not hitting shots. Part of that was the Blazers being better about taking care of the ball and not letting the Spurs get out in transition uh, because points off turnovers tonight. 31 for the Spurs. It was 31-17 at halftime. I mean, not at halftime, at the end of the third quarter which means the Blazers didn't allow the Spurs to score off points off turnovers in the fourth quarter. And keep in mind, in the fourth quarter, the Blazers had turnovers. To be exact, they had three. So Spurs didn't hit threes. They didn't hit shots off of turnovers. And the Blazers, for the most part, controlled the easy looks in the paint down the stretch, i.e. the last five minutes where uh, two of the four points that they scored were off a goaltend that should not have been a goaltend. Listen, I am not a blame the ref guy at all. I will say this flat out. That was a dog water game by that ref crew. They were absolute shit on both ends. And just an atrocious level of officiating. They had two calls overturned. They probably should have had five calls overturned. And they were bad. It was just an awful game. And this is not a, oh, the Blazers got screwed over. No, both teams got screwed over. It was a horribly officiated game, which which made that third quarter feel... You had the sloppy passes, the Spurs like getting on a run, then falling apart, then getting back on the run, and then you had the refs contributing to this that made the third quarter feel disjointed and ugly as hell. And it was already kind of a weird game. But just looking at how everything went, it was just a ugh. Ugh. Gross. Andrew Barrett says, what about the ball hitting over the backboard and they let it play on? That's Again, that's one of those five plays. Like They, they were really bad tonight egregiously bad on stuff that you like uh, the charge call that they called on Nurkic. Like it would very clearly his, his heel is two inches inside the line. It was like, uh, guys, this is not close. This is not a bang, bang play. Um, the, the one on Dame, the, where it was overturned was certainly a, a grift. Uh, I was surprised they overturned it, but that was Pop saying, are you kidding me? That was a, a, a bleep you call from Pop, and they gave it to him, which, shout out to Pop. He's earned that. Um, but yeah, th- 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 I digress. I don't want to sit here and talk about the refs. It was just, it was another thing in my notebook of like, ugh. Uh, I think through 14 games, that was by far the worst officiated game that, I, that I've seen the Blazers involved with. Uh, thankfully, it didn't impact the game. Uh, but otherwise, I think that for the most part, I would say 11 of the 14 have been Bingo. Mwah. Chef's kiss. Well, well-officiated games that I have no issues with. Uh, I think for the most part, the NBA has done a good job this year on a lot of games that I've watched. Uh, this game, and there was one other game that was a complete S-show uh, that I can't remember off the top of my head. But uh, we'll, we'll kind of wrap some stuff up here, some thoughts, some processes, just kind of what happened. Uh, I asked Anthony about his inability to get going in the first half, and he's like, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> he's like, I need to figure out 
how to be the spot up catch and shoot guy in that first shift and get guys going. And then when I come back in, I'm the table setter. I got to get everybody else going. And then when Dame comes back in, that's where we kind of find our stuff, which again, late in the second quarter when Dame came back in and, and him and Ant are working together, you saw Ant knock down shots. And I thought that was promising because that was not a your turn, my turn, or hey, only one of Dame or Ant is on the floor for Ant got going. They did it. Ant knocked down shots with both of them on the floor. And that has been something that has been missing in this evolution of, uh, as they if they keep going as a backcourt. Because it's very easy when one of them is on the floor for the other to just kind of get, or the whoever's on the floor to get going. Because now everything's, I initiate the collective I when you're either Dame or Ant. And you can kind of figure it out from there. It takes more work to figure it out when you're both on the floor. And they're just going to have to figure that out. And I think that there's, there's, there's some growth there. Uh, on both their parts, but there's still a lot more work to be done. Uh, play calls in general, uh, they opened up the game again with that LaMarcus Aldridge cross post for Jeremy Grant, and it looked like, or it felt like at least, probably four of the first six plays were scripted. And maybe not scripted in the sense of like you script like a football game, but plays called by Chauncey. And there's been this kind of push-pull relationship uh, between, I don't want to say Chauncey and the players, but that's kind of what it feels like of... Chauncey being more controlling in the offense in the sense of maybe no, not as much freelance pick and roll, a little bit more structure around it. Whereas you've seen maybe some of the best Blazer moments this season when it is kind of quote unquote devolved into that freelance pick and roll. They've got to find that happy medium of, Hey, let's run some stuff. Let's make sure we're getting into our sets or getting into our opportunities, but also don't be afraid if something's there to attack a mismatch, to, uh, listen, if you're getting into your motion offense and you find, you know, Shaden Sharp has a, a guy back cut and it's the, maybe it's maybe not part of, part, part of the set, maybe not a part of the motion, but that freelance, that natural ability, because you're not going to be robotic. And that's the kind of stuff that you're looking for. And I feel like there's still more push pull than there is everybody pushing in the same direction or everybody pulling in the same direction. And I don't think that's inherently bad. That's just kind of where they are. But for them to be in that spot and to be 10 and four, I mean, you really can't ask for much more. You really can't. I mean, you can, you can keep asking for wins. They got 10 wins before Thanksgiving, man. That's not what I would have expected. Getting wins and losses is not a bad spot or getting wins in games that you should probably lose is not a bad thing because you can coach and win at the same time. It was, it was very, very interesting. Um, I want to close up with this point, Ali, you bring this up, uh, about Josh Hart. One thing I am tracking recently is Josh Hart had a nice night. Six points, five assists, seven rebounds, three steals. You felt his presence defensively. I felt like that was kind of waning over the last couple games. Uh, not just his his presence in general, like with shooting, you know, the 0 for 9 against Dallas, blah, blah. But I felt like Josh Hart wasn't Josh Hart. Like he... He generated turnovers and got them out in transition. I thought that the back end of that road trip, I mean, six games, nine nights, all shorthand, all that stuff, they're probably tired. Getting in transition there is, is difficult. But Josh Hart is turning down butt-naked, wide-open threes. I mean wide open. And teams are going to re- recognize that. They're going to put on their scouting report, reluctant three-point shooter. And they're going to start sitting underneath him, and he's not going to be able to drive. He's not going to be able to attack closeouts. He's got to 
Listen, I, I, I know he's not this prolific shooter. He's basically a career 35% three-point shooter. You're going to have some bad nights. You're going to have some Aminu, Harkless shooting nights in there. But in order for him to take advantage of those closeouts, he's going to have to continue shooting the wide-open shots. Like, that's that's got to be a thing. And I'm, I'm watching for that. Jeremy has even turned down some wide-open threes. I think he's a reluctant three-point shooter, even though he's shooting the hell out of the ball right now. Um, but big storyline of this game, again, I, I always want to keep driving this point home. The Blazers, it seems like, are aiming for around like 30-ish, 32-ish threes tonight. They're at 32. 15 to 32 is a great number. Um, but 50 points in the paint, they get 46 tonight. And then their fast break points, I think they want to be closer to 20, but they only have 11 tonight. I thought they tried to push tempo. Um, number one in the third quarter, they were very sloppy, and they were, didn't get some opportunities. And then they tried to go for plays that maybe weren't there. I think that was part of what, again, made some of the stagnancy in the game appear. But overall, I'm talking about, you know, quote-unquote bad stuff in a game that Blazers win by seven. <laughs> it's a good place to be, man. It's a good place to be. All right, we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, the Blazers take on the Nets, who got the ever-living crap kicked out of them. My God, by the Sacramento Kings. I don't even know what the final was. I was looking at it. They were down 32 Without Gigan Murray, uh, it was a game where they just got absolutely boat raced. Uh, so they'll be coming up here after that. <laughs> should uh, should be interesting. Listen, that that team is an abject disaster, but they still have an immense amount of talent. Uh, if the Blazers f around, they will find out. The Nets were they were on a five game winning streak basically when Kyrie got suspended. Um, like they have talent, so. The Blazers do have to be careful here. What will be interesting is how they come out. Can they tune some stuff up? Uh, they do not practice tomorrow. They're basically, I think they're only going to get one practice while they're home before they go out on another four-game trip. Uh, and then they will finish this out against the Utah Jazz, who inexplicably lost tonight. So, um, welcome to the NBA. So, uh, Brandon and I, I think we're going to try to do a, a live show on tomorrow. Tomorrow's Wednesday, right? Yeah, because we'll either do it Wednesday or Friday, depending on how things shake out. Um, and then we'll go from there uh, because we have a Thursday game, so we won't do the mailbag on Thursday. Uh, other than that, again, thank you all so very much. Like, rate, review, subscribe, help us grow the show. If you're watching live or you're watching the replay on YouTube, please uh, click subscribe. Help us meet our goal of 5,000 subscribers by the end of the, the calendar year, which is, what, uh, 45-ish days away. Um, other than that, share us with your friends, share us with your family. Uh, you can find us on social media at Jack Trambies, uh, at Danny Murray, at Brandon Sprague. You can find Brandon and I at 1080 The Fan. Brandon from 6 to 9 with his co-host, Dirt Johnson. Me with my co-host, Dusty Hira, uh, at noon to 3. I should say Brandon 6 to 9. Uh, and you can email the show, jackstrambies at gmail.com. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful night. We're, it's like, what, midnight now, you bunch of absolute lunatics? Yeah, it's 11.55. Uh, I love you guys all so, so very much. Thank you for checking into this version of this episode, I should say, of Only Dan's, otherwise known as the Jacked. Ramsey's After Dark. We'll be back uh, following Thursday night's game. If we're not on tomorrow, I'll talk to Brandon. This is what happens when I try to schedule at midnight. Otherwise, everybody take care, have fun, be safe, and we will talk soon. Bye.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.